Welcome back to the Sports Booth and That Rugby G'day. Union Podcast. Uh, you are joined by myself and Husey today as we look into oh, the world and everything in rugby after another mm. exciting uh, weekend in international rugby, at least um, from my point of view. Uh, yeah. Husey, maybe not so much from yours. Yeah, I think, you know how last week, uh, and for, for our loyal listeners, you would have heard last week, I said last weekend was... World Rugby couldn't, or at least Sansa, we couldn't have asked for a better week uh, of rugby. I don't think they could have asked for a worse week of rugby than this past <laughs> one, right? No dramas with the All Blacks. All Blacks smashing the uh, Lost Pumas by 50 points. So disappointing from the Argentinians. I saw some like uh, those rugby fan pages saying, is Argentina, Argentina, is Argentina the best Southern Hemisphere rugby team? And it's like, you just know that they're going to get smashed now. And then they got smashed by... <laughs> 50 points, and the, the worst thing about it is that you asked for them to lose by 50 <laughs> points, they went ahead and did that, so they, they not only did New Zealand win, but they gave you what you wanted, so exactly. Okay. And then, um, Australia lost to South Africa not because of, but aided by some pretty shoddy refereeing from Ben O'Keefe, who even you agreed is not exactly a shining light amongst uh, the refereeing ranks. Now, this. When I'm not South African, there's definitely a lot more reasons to be lost than the referees. But it definitely, that was part of the reason the result was the way it was. Uh, but also, you know, Australia, I think, they def- we'll, we'll get into what the issues were with the Wallabies in a second. But, man, that that stunk for rugby to, to start off that way at the new Allianz Stadium. So I don't know if Sanzo could have asked for a worse weekend of rugby because you've got South African fans popping off every corner like oh you Aussies you see what you get this week uh you know Mapipi he no he didn't he didn't hit uh Corabetti it's revenge blah blah etc etc uh you know um and then you've got New Zealand winning by 50 points and no one wants to see that um but so in all honesty and less hyperbole it was just it was sort of a boring weekend of of rugby honestly like it, it like if you're obviously if you're a New Zealand fan putting 50 points on it someone is is always excited to watch but it just makes you think like oh same old, same old. You know? <laughs> same as same as last year, same as the year before. Why would I bother watching? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a take. It's uh it's it's it was an interesting weekend. Now, I've been begging for a weekend yes. like this in a long time, so I'm normality being resumed is good for me. So, I mean, you are right. I think Sanzar probably went damn like at least one. You know, result probably would have been. More beneficial uh, to to the the whole lookout outlook of the competition. I mean, where the table was sitting right now, the fact that we're separated all by one point and that being a bonus point uh, is, is mm. I think that'd be pretty wrapped with that uh, to to have asked I, for that. I tell but, you what, as well, yeah, there, there's that, that's pretty good. But everyone's sort of questioning why is Australia in second place, <laughs> even though they've got a worse for it against. It is a re- this really obscure sub law that if three teams are all tied on points the team that's on top is the team that's won the most games against the other two teams now australia and then so it doesn't take into account any games against new zealand amongst south africa australia and argentina argentina's beat australia once south africa's beat australia once but australia's beaten argentina once and south africa once Twice. so that's yeah, the yeah, reason they have the tiebreaker <laughs> and it's like that's the weirdest rule i've ever heard of but hey i'll take it we're in second place baby <laughs> It is, and it was. It was confusing to even like for you to explain that was confusing. Like it was a, it's a bizarre yes. kind of rule. I can understand it, but 
Yeah, it is a very bizarre. Essentially, world to be because sitting. South Africa and Argentina haven't played each other yet, that's the reason. We're exactly. Sitting. Yes, and seems bizarre, but like you said, you take you take anything to get into that second spot for now. But again, yep. all just separated by one point, so I think they'll be happy with that. Looking at the competition with two weeks left, I think yeah, the games other than like the All Blacks being immaculate were pretty disappointing. Like even you know, I don't know if it was the. A monumental effort the uh, Los Pumas put in the week before that really held them like that. You know, you, it's to back yeah. it up against an All Blacks team is, is another level to do it two weeks in a row. And I think that's what ever is so special about that Irish series. You now look as you know they took that first loss and then two weeks in a row taught New Zealand a lesson, which doesn't often happen. And you can see now Springboks, you know, won the first game. It's very hard to back it up against this New Zealand team. Now, you could say it's hard for New Zealand are inconsistent at the moment, but I think it's more the All Blacks learn from their mistakes and will not, you know, it's just it's a really tough ask to beat them twice in a row. As we can see by the Wallabies' lack of a bleeder slow in the past 20 years, it's, it's, it's not easy to beat the All Blacks twice yeah. in a row. Um, but, I mean, but yeah. You've put a tattoo on the line for that. Like, that's how strongly you feel I'm about confident. beating the All Blacks. I have yeah. no doubt. I have zero zero doubt that the Blitz slow will be locked away, especially after last week. So, I mean, that was good. And then, yeah, yeah the Springboks and the Wallabies game, uh, I said it to you as well. I said, yeah, Ben O'Keefe is the best New Zealand ref, and it kind of has the, the state of New Zealand refs at the moment where... We're definitely not the best in the world at that. But I think there was there was a lot of weird, like it was just a weird game, I'd say. I'd yeah. describe it like not even some calls from his touchies I thought were strange. And just in general, I think World Rugby will look at that game and go on, could that have been re- not just reft, but like officiated better in the whole whole yeah. take of things. You had the Alan Aliatoa like penalty for a... Uh, a high clean out, and then you had the tackle on Tom Wright that was very similar, but because he's low, it was there was just yeah. a lot of like TMO decisions that didn't, and it was just uh, it was a weird game. Not saying that you can't take away from the box, but I think we get into kind of discussing each game and its yeah. merits. So we'll start with that the Springboks and the, and the Wallabies ones, and let's start with the issues that the Wallabies have. Now I'm going to start first, yeah. and then I'll let you rebuttal what okay. I have to say because I I don't have a lot of of massive issues. I don't think I, I'm going to rebut anything. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 funny because it, it, I don't think the Wallabies actually played that poorly. Now you lost twenty four eight. You defended a lot of the time. It wasn't like you were on attack a lot of the time. And in a game where you lose two key players and you only bring in two back reserves, yeah, yeah, that's a risk. Again, when you do that, that risk is normally never eventuates because you might lose one player. Mm. But to lose two players with head knocks and Noah Lolisia and uh, Hunter Pasami, that was really killer because when you look at it, you didn't have a 10 back up. Taniela Tupo never got to play. Never came on, exactly. So it was a big ask, but especially those, because you could see the back line just was decimated after. after, uh, And it was, it's, I guess it's high praise to Noah because of how bad they looked after he came off. And the fact that, you know, Jake Gordon was on a wing for a bit, it was just showed that there was a lot that was happening there that was out of their control. And to only still lose 24-8 when I think the box were in a, in a pretty good position there, they should have probably put forty on you type thing. Um, so I think there was there was some definite positives to take off. Obviously, I think uh, Rennie will look back and go, okay, a six-two split is too much of a risk now, um, and it's not. I don't mind him taking the risk now because this is what he you hopefully learn for the World Cup next year. Like the, that and the Bledisloe, like it worked last week. 
of course you you back that up. I have no problem with it. Now you kind of go, okay, he wanted to match size with size, and I totally understand that when you're looking at the spring box. But I think that the risk it, it poses now is too much of an issue. So that was that was kind of the big thing for me. Yeah. That, when they lost that structure, you lost a bit of everything. I think the Fords worked tirelessly. They just lost at the breakdown. Discipline killed you guys again, and you can say, yeah, the ref this and that, but it was the same thing that had you in a bit of issue last week, and it was the same again this week, and Slipper mentioned it about four times leading up, and then within the first five minutes, he was the one that was offside, and I was just like, that's not what you need your captain to be doing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there was bits and pieces like that, but all in all, other than losing another game of rugby, I go, I still, I still am more impressed by the Wallabies again this year than I was last year and the improvements they've made under Rennie. Um, I just, I think, yeah, there's still some some of those growing aches that y- y- you've noticed and is he going to be able to get that out in time for the World Cup next year? I'm not so sure, but I'd love to hear your opinion on it, mate. Yeah. Yeah, look, I agree with that. Injuries definitely played a toll in this, not only injuries within the game, but you got to look outside as well. Like, first choice inside centre, Samu Karevi, injured, Right. Uh, first choice number ten, Quade Cooper, also injured, and even Noel Alcia during the game got injured. You know, there's a whole raft of injuries in our backs, particularly that have really, I think, played a massive toll. Even in the forwards, uh, you know, having Taniela Tupo uh, injured, I think it was pre-game he had a calf strain or something that knocked him out for the game. Or did it at half 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 time? Yeah, pre half time he was doing yeah, a half time. Just yeah, unreal. warm up. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, before he before he saw the field, essentially, uh, and yeah, just you know, you look at other players like Easy Parisi injured. Uh, you know, Corabetti had a bit of a calf issue during the game as well. Whole raft of things, but uh, just like the refs, you can't sort of solely pin it on that as well. For me, I think actually the Aussies were a bit guilty of coming into this game a little bit arrogant after their win last week. Um, I think we even saw it at the end of that game last week where they took their foot off the gas a little bit. I think that's what they were. I think they were, they were guilty of carrying that over into this game, and I think they'll look back at the end of that the game from last week and probably regret. And I think you mentioned last week they'll regret that they let those tries in, um, and they shouldn't have let those tries in because that that cost them a bonus point, um, and it's cost them for and against points as well. Uh, additionally, I think Dave Rennie was probably a bit arrogant coming into this with a completely unchanged lineup. Like we said from game one, that Matt Phillip he's not up to he's not up to par to keep him in the starting squad. I think is a mistake to keep Falau Fainga as a starting hooker. I think was a mistake. Um, and I think yeah, the the vulnerability of the backs with the lack of depth on the bench was was shown as well. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was confusing. It was a bit muddled. Um, attacking, we just saw that, you know, uh, like you said, when Noah went out, but even when, I, I think even earlier, Sean, in the game, the, there wasn't really a, a solid attacking plan. They never really looked that threatening, f- for my mind. Um, yeah, I, and I know you say that um, the Wallabies, uh, the South Africa should be disappointed it ended up 24-8. I think that's probably generous to the Wallabies that it ended up 24-8 because they got that last-minute last minute try. Um, and 24-3 is probably more reflective of how that game actually was. Um, so, so watching that game, what of it I did watch, I, I turned it off for part of it because I just couldn't stand watching it anymore because, you know, we were not only was, were the Wallabies just losing all over the field due to the injuries, as well as to their own just being worse in South Africa on their day, the referee made it hard to watch as well, because anytime some momentum was built up 
you know, even by either team, it was sort of killed. Like, I don't know if it was necessarily South Africa's fault that they only scored 24. I think the refereeing killed a lot of their momentum as well. So I think they'll probably be unhappy with the way that game was officiated as well. Um, yeah, I, changes need to be made before the, the Bledisloe series, like in for the lineup. Like, Rennie needs to make some some changes um, within the forward, back, forward pack, uh, especially, and then also on the bench. Um Name your yeah, name your just, team it, then. It, it wasn't up to standard. If you if you were to name, name team, some look, of the changes, even just look, the changes, the, 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 the change, the key change would be Parecki starting hooker, and Falau fighting on the bench if they think that um, is it is it Gibbon that's the the Pollard Reds hooker Billy Pollard, Billy Pollard. yeah, yeah the, Billy Pollard uh, Brumbies if they hooker, think he's yeah, not ready yeah, to yeah. go. Yeah, it just it hasn't been up to par. Falau yep. Fienga. like just hasn't been up to up to scratch. He's also giving away penalties when the, the referee tells like early in the game the referee's telling him you're offside and he's just standing there shrugging like what yeah it's like you just just run backwards a couple of meters like he's <laughs> he, he he was getting up in the face of the South Africans as well it's like mate you haven't thrown a, a straight line out like all game so Pareki needs to be the starting hooker for my mind and then he can and I think I've preached this for weeks finding it is better off the bench right he's better when the game's breaking down towards the end it's a little bit messier. Um, and he can impact in those uh, more situations off the back of the line at there when their jumpers are a little bit more tired. Um, I'd take Matt Phillip out of the squad completely. Rory Arnold, Darcy Swain to, to start in the second rows and then have Nick Frost uh, come on for Rory Arnold when he's uh, feeling his age. Uh, I do like our current back row uh, setup. Um, so I would probably leave that unchanged, although there might have been some injuries in there. I'm not 100% sure. Um but I do like what Fraser Wright's doing. I think Rob Valentini's been playing um, well as well. Uh, and Jed Holloway's done, been serviceable at six. So that would be any backline changes if you're going... Well, obviously, you yeah, can have a new then, 10, I, I, I assume, but yeah. Yeah, you look like you look like you were about to make a comment, so I was just going to leave you. Yeah, I will, yeah I'll look, make a comment then uh, and take that opportunity yeah. because uh, what I'm interested in, and this is what I thought... I, I, I've Bobby Valentini's been your best player, um, I think, probably in these rugby championships, bar when Corabetti's on fine form. So what I must, what I do think is he's when I saw him playing for the Brumbies at his best, he's a best at six. Why they can't play him at six is because they lose a line out option, so they want a line out option now. Jed Holloway is one point nine six meters. A young yeah. frobber who eventually should be the number eight for the Wallabies, Harry Wilson, is 1.95 metres. Now, I know yep. the deficiencies that Harry Wilson has, and his mobility is a massive killer, on defensive particularly. Um, but I think in the right environment, that is your there, uh, that's your number eight, and that's your backup, your, your third option at the line out, and move Bobby V back to his... Uh, his, his proper place, which I think at six, he will yep. rip into it, like, absolutely rip into it. I think at eight, he's probably having to do a little bit too much work around the ground. Um, I'd prefer to see him at six and just say, hey, run your lines, make your hard tackles, uh, dominate there. That's that's just just what I've seen from that back row. Again, Jed Holloway, I'm yep. not. this isn't against him, and, and he's a skillful player, needs to be in and around the squad as either a lock or a, or a six. I like what they've done there. He'll be great when it comes to World Cup time for squad depth in those key positions. I just think your best team at the moment with Hooper out is McWright, and then eight, Hooper, six, Bobby. You mean eight? Uh 
Ah, uh, Wilson uh, eight. Sorry, you mean eight? Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't disagree with that. That either. I, I don't know if if Wilson's an option at the moment for Rennie if he's fallen out of favour or whatnot. I wouldn't mind to see him back in the squad for his hard hitting as well, like a bit of uh, a bit of that thug nature in the back line. Yeah, look, uh, Nick White's been great at halfback for us. Wouldn't wouldn't change him. Ten. I mean, yeah, it depends. I, I don't know exactly what Lollis's injury is, but if he's out, then you put Foley in, it seems like, and bring one of the young guns uh, onto the bench, right? Like, this, 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 we've got these guys like Tane Edmund and, and Ben Donaldson who are, like, they're the next generation. You need to start blooding them now. Um, yeah, it's rough going into a game against the All Blacks, <laughs> but better to come off the bench rather than start, um, have... Foley uh, be there, and you have great mentors uh, in in the squad with Cooper, Foley, uh, even Noah from what he's learned as well. Get one of these young guns in there on the bench as your as your bench ten, right? Uh, you know, I th- I, th- I the rest of the back line I think is um, it, it it will be good against uh, d- you know depending on injury will be yeah. good for for the All Blacks. Uh, Reese Hodge I think has made himself indispensable at fullback with how he can get under the ball and catches the balls. And, and takes that option away from the attacking team. Like you, the number of high bombs he diffused of the from the all from the Springboks was was crazily good. And you saw when he wasn't the one, they, they eventually stopped targeting him, and that's the reason uh, they got that uh, fantastic try with that uh, new young Springbok over the top of Corbetti. Corbetti, they recognise Corbetti's got a little bit of injury. He can't really jump that well. We'll target away from. Um, Hodge, send it towards Corbetti's side and see what we can come up with there. So I think Hodge has played himself into a role on this team in the fullback spot. I'd like to see Callaway involved a bit more though. Yeah, now with that, I'm interested. I think, I I totally agree with everything you've said about Hodge, like, but does that change now that you're playing the All Blacks, who are known terrible attacking kickers? Like, we have had a terrible record of winning ball back from our attacking kicks. Do you think they go, okay, well we need... to beat the All Blacks with the team we've got, we need to fight fire with fire, and we go Callaway at the back, and then the two yeah. frobbers on the wing. If Corbetti and right see, injured, I could definitely see that. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset, upset by that. Um, yeah, it's hard because you look at you look. It's hard for me because at the moment I'm looking at it through the lens of like what changes would I have made against the Springboks? Mm. Not necessarily. What, it's hard to think, but okay, we're not playing Springboks now. We're going to be playing. The, the all back so it's like this is what we it's sort of like this is what we could have done better against the spring box but also now we need to, you can't look at that too much because now you got to look at what have we got to do against the, the all black so it is tough I, I think um you know I, I came into this international season talking about the strength of our centers um, but through injury we started to lose centers so it's starting to become a bit of a source spot for us now I wouldn't necessarily change the centers but we need to change our tactics with how we're utilizing our centers because the amount of times I've seen Hunter Paisami or Ikitao run solo with no support is too much. It's too much there. I think they're probably a little too run happy without any support. They need to, it's like it's you're crossing a road, look both ways before crossing, right? You're <laughs> going to run an attacking line, look both ways and make sure you've got some support there. And if you don't wait until you get support or pass the ball, we lost at this level, you know, at super rugby level, you could get away with it because uh, the talent isn't as high. This, this level, 
you just can't. You'll get, you'll get isolated, you'll get the ball taken from you. So I think that's what needs to change. And we were punished with that as Africa at least twice that I saw. So mm. I feel like that the tactics there need to change a little bit rather than the players themselves. Because I think the players are great, yep. but the, the, the tactics are not correct. Point. Yeah, I mean that, that's some good points, and especially I think as we as we move into World Cup, you've definitely the world rugby and everyone around the world as well is learning this now. Like different lineups for different teams, it's not necessarily your number one lineup is going to beat the Springboks and the All Blacks. You've got to think how can we better counteract a specific team. So New Zealand playing from the Springboks, an example would be you probably play Will Jordan over Severice. Against Australia, it's you know you've got Corabetti on the wing and, and Tom Wright, which aren't these high ball experts, as in Mumpipi and um, the young the young gun. I think it was Mo- Mooney, um, who 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 the box have. So yeah, I think as we move in, we'll see more and more players. I think yeah, the South Africans rebounded big time. Like that wasn't an easy task to come back from what they had and how much they've struggled in Australia. Um, I think. Kulisi played the game of his his tri or uh, tri nations his rugby championship so far. Um, yeah. I think Damien Willemisi at ten was it as much as Andre Bullard is the ten there actually worked really well for them. His kicking game was good, and I think it opened up because it meant Willie Larue came into the team. And I like I've had a, a yeah. fair, fair dinkum argument with a few people on uh, our social media about my 3-2-1 points because I didn't give Willamese points and I gave Willie LaRue points. And I thought Willie LaRue's touches and his energy he brought to the team, I think actually lifted it to another level. And I think he yeah, yeah he was a big, big, big well. part of, of that win. And I know everyone's saying Willamese got man of the match. It's easy to step seven guys when you run across sideways. I should know. It's my clear move. Step off the right where I step off the right and I step off the right. Three broken tackles. Yeah. I'll take all of those fantasy points, as some would say. Um, yeah, so, no, I mean... I think yeah, the South Africans. It was a big step up, um, but not a lot changed yep. still from them. I looked, I looked at from their game from last week. It wasn't like it was a, a massive change. Um, it was more, I think, centered around without arm there. I think they centered their attack more, probably balanced a little bit, but it was still balling down in your territory, um, and we'll take over the points. Uh, they actually went to score tries rather than take over penalties, but yeah. again. I think yeah that that was just it was just better executed and they got a little bit lucky with everything that was happening with referee decisions, wallabies injuries stuff like yeah. that. Um, but again, I, I think, think they'll take a massive try, step. That yeah, that first try off the back of some questionable refereeing calling there. That I think that really that fired the South Africans up and broke the wallabies uh, a little bit. Um, and I think you could just see from that point that, that that pretty much decided the game that first try, and you just sort of saw how everything was going to go from there. So, um, but it's not to t- again, it's not to take anything away from South Africans. They came into this wanting it more. They played better, um, and then they also had the benefit of the, the the cards fell their way as well. And they played to the referee as well. Um, yeah. So they 100%. yeah they they did they did everything everything right there. The Wallabies were definitely the worst team on the day. That that doesn't that that can be true at the same time as O'Keefe is a bad referee. <laughs> so that can uh-huh. th- those statements can both be true. Neither invalidates the other. Um, which, which I you know, hopefully some Springbok fans listening to this can realise that uh, you know it's not always the referee. You can also the referee <laughs> could 
could could be bad, but it also can be that your team played badly on the day. On the day, exactly. Let's move on to the All Blacks game. Um, we've kind of discussed, I guess, the main points where <sighs> it was a it was a on fire All Blacks team who I think were a little bit angry with how all their rugby's gone the past you know three months, dating back to Ireland series, uh, and they were ready to. To put a team to the sword, and it was it was going to happen. Like I felt it in my bones. Like I honestly went on a sports betting app, uh, app to try and get a a, a forty plus winner um, line because I was so confident um, that we were going to win. Yeah. Um, I found one, and I made a few dollars into the bank account. Um, but I must say, it was I just felt something coming in the New Zealand performance. Yeah, uh, we were we were blessed, I think, with the conditions, which were your typical. New Zealand conditions, which was greasy, wet, um, not so easy to catch a ball. So you've got to actually be at the top of your game. Much like and New Zealanders. Ex- oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, no, I mean, but yes, other than that, it was, it was those conditions were made yeah. for the All Blacks to win and the Argentinians Classic. to have a, yeah. bad, a bad game. And you saw it from kickoff, first hit up, drop ball by Argentina, we score a try within the first ten minutes. It's yeah. It was like okay, this is this was never going to go away. And their handling errors. And I just I do I question with Argentina if it was the defense that the aura of last week was just so much that you know they couldn't quite get up to that level again. And it's not again as as you said, it's not there wasn't like a bad ref. It wasn't like I think this Argentinian's a bad team. This is probably their best team. It was just. It was a match made in heaven or hell, depending on who you, you supported. Like, for the All Blacks, it was the perfect conditions and everything right. For Argentinia, uh, Argentinia, Argentinians, it was everything the worst it could be. Yeah, I think as well, the All Blacks would be fired up for a few things. You know, obviously the pressure on Ian Foster. I think this this game is, um, is a ringing endorsement of how the players feel about Ian Foster. Uh, because of the huge effort they put in, as well, how much they bloody hate Michael Checker after he sort of called out <laughs> Foster during the week about breakdown tactics and calling New Zealand dirty and everything like that. I think all the players would have looked at that and just, I, I think that was a big mistake by Checker uh, because he was he just added more fuel to an already raging hot fire. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the All Blacks came out and they looked from like minute one like they were on a mission uh, that game. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like the, I feel like, yeah, the, the New Zealanders just they, they they, I don't. It'd be hard to see a game in recent memory that they were more fired up for, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's that they were they were up for this game, and you could see it. Um, and, and yeah, like you sort of mentioned at the top of the show, very hard to back up that effort. Uh, that Argentina put in last week, um, and yeah, I think a little bit of the the sting of that defeat and that the arrogance from the I wouldn't even say arrogance afterwards from Argentina because they weren't that arrogant afterwards, but just like the confidence of the uh, Los Pumas after that win was probably stung the All Blacks like with how much Argentina was celebrating and rightly so because it was impressive what they did. So they were right to celebrate there, but that also as an All Blacks player and fan looking at that, you just, that sticks in your craw kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, all the, all the stars were aligned for New Zealand and they, they played all of their cards. Right. So yeah, the, 
you know, balance has been restored to the force kind of thing. A hundred percent. And as we head into a bleeder slow, I haven't felt more confident in my life. However, the big yep. news out of the bleeder slow for the All Blacks camp at least, and I don't know if you've actually heard this because you probably don't follow the All Blacks on social media, I would assume not. Um, Why would I? Artie Savia is staying home for the birth of his third child, so he isn't travelling to Melbourne, mm. so won't be playing in the Melbourne Test. That, yeah. So I think that's a massive loss. Like what Artie does, yeah. we can see the fact that the past two games, Sam Kane, the All Blacks captain, has come off, and the captaincy's gone to Artie Savia and not like Sam Whitelock or one of those. Um, old heads. Of I, was, the team. I was about to make a joke and say that with, with Artie Savia going, that's that's your captain gone. Like, that's, <laughs> that's your real captain gone. But I mean, yeah, there you go. Like, yeah, it's, it, your, it's your alternate captain gone. It is. It's the it's the our end game captain, and it, it, it's right. Like mm. Foster's realised we can. Teams do this in all over the world. Like it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be a sacred thing that the All Blacks captain and you play eighty minutes, or you only play seventy or sixty minutes when it's a yeah. it's a blowout game. It's Tactical, Sam Kane showed he can still play rugby, which is good because I hadn't seen a lot of Sam Kane like rugby, and that was the first Sam Kane like rugby I've seen in a while. And he showed he can still do it. And what I want to see is him do 60 minutes of that every week and come off fucked, and we can bring on a frubber like Dalton Popoliti. However, now with uh, Adi Savia out, it'll make it all that much more interesting um, because that's a physical presence we lose from the field. There are, obviously, Hoskins Satutu and Luke Jacobson's been called into the squad, so I'm not doubting that we'll go to uh, Melbourne and put uh, 50 on you, but it is it is a little bit of a nerve that, uh, that I'm, I've, I've yeah. gained that Artie Savia isn't going because an All Blacks team with Artie Savia is a hell of a lot better than without Artie Savia. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, big loss for you guys. So, you might put 50 on us, but we'll put 60 on you now. <laughs> well, that would be a game and a half. I'd love to watch that. Yeah. Um, we may we may, we may, may try and tee up a live stream if we get some interest. Um, I haven't actually uh, had a yarn to Husey about this, but if we, if we do find a way, uh, we may tee up a live stream to commentate if you could. Uh, one of the games. If all of our viewers and listeners behave, we might do that. <laughs> if you all like our... Uh, Instagram posts and follow us on social media, then we'll do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is the the gist of it. The only other kind of call out I wanted to make was quickly in the NPC uh, where Northland actually beat Auckland, which is a very much a little brother versus big brother scenario. Auckland, obviously the biggest city in New Zealand, getting beaten by Northland, uh, the Tanifa, uh, which I think is a fantastic result. The NPC is literally... One of the competitions of the year. There's only one really bad team in it this year. Um, and other than that, it's been fascinating to watch. And then in the shoot shield, the final, anyone but Varsity, but Varsity won it yet again. Yep. So we have to put up with the students celebrating for yet another year, uh, which is no fun for anyone. I know the Queensland Rugby Union's final, the um, their f- club final was on this week. It's featuring brothers and West, and what can only be co- considered quite extraordinary, West drew the semi-final against Queensland, uh, but went through because they were the highest seed, and after 100-odd minutes, because the extra time ran out, and we mm. didn't have a winner. So that was fascinating to see. There was another result, actually, I there think it was in school rugby over here, because they're only allowed to play 75 minutes in... New Zealand school ball rugby, I think around the world it's only meant to be 75 minutes. They don't play extra time, so 
it was 20 all at the end of time and it's more, most tries win. If you've got the same number of tries, it's first try wins. So <laughs> who scored the first try went through and I think it was Napier on this occurrence that knocked out St. Pat Silverstream, which I will always support because they are a arch nemesis back home. But yeah, other than that, not a lot in the rugby world. We've got a, a weekend break uh, before we head into the Bledisloe on a Thursday night in Melbourne uh, and then we have... Uh, Springboks against Argentina so exciting week next week um, but nothing on international wise this week I believe all Northern Hemisphere Club Rugby kicks off um, so any big news out of there we will keep to you up to date with as well but for now thank you for joining us on That Rugby Podcast we will be back again same place same time next week see ya peace